course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave, joined as always by the other host, Ike. Ike, how are you? I am doing spooktacular. I don't think I've used that one in a while. I know. You know what it is? We have a shirt out there that says, Spooktacular is a year-round event. Or, no, Spooktober. I'm sorry. Spooktober is a year-round event. See, try to plug the shirt. I, I got it wrong. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, so let's get right to it. This week, we're going to review The Pope's Exorcist, a new movie uh, that is still in theaters. Uh, but as we'll mention in just a bit, it is actually out now on video on demand, too. So uh, we'll talk more about that in a bit, though. Uh, but Ike, what, since we last talked, uh, what have you been up to? You watch anything good or anything? Yeah, actually, I watched a few things. Um, so I, I think I mentioned last week I watched the uh, rewatched the Conjuring movie again. Um, this prompted me to watch the second Conjuring movie, so that was really good. Um, I also watched the Insidious movies. Uh, they're actually the first two are on HBO. Um, I don't know. I just got a, a hankering for some uh, d- demon-related uh, <laughs> content, I guess. Um, and then I also watched uh, Deep House on Paramount, uh, which is a little bit of a different one. It's like an underwater haunted house movie. Um, it's literally a house that was sunk as a part of uh, some kind of like construction from like years prior, and there's ghosts. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's why I said I was. I was like, that's, that's interesting. I'll give it a shot. Um, and then also, I, I started the new season of American Horror Story NYC. And uh, you know, I got to be honest, I really like American Horror Story. I do have some favorite seasons and then some not so favorite seasons. And I got to be real with you, I this new season just has not caught me. Um, I mean, the concept the concept is great. I think that it, it, it's very much an interesting concept. It's just I don't know. There's something about the season that is just not not drawing me in. Like it, it is a real it's a real hard watch for me for some reason. So yeah, I'm well, struggling through that. <laughs> maybe it'll get there. I'm, I'm still way behind. I don't even know what season I'm in. I started started watching try to catch up, and then I I, I, I always get sidetracked <laughs> and watching other stuff. And it's like uh I don't know. It's like I'll binge a season or a, a series for a bit, and then I'm like I want to watch movies. And then usually though how it always you know you watch especially within horror. You watch a movie, which, you know, then naturally leads to the sequel, which then naturally leads to, like, you know, whatever, parts three through nine, because you know, pretty much every horror movie has got, like, multiple sequels. And I'm one of those guys that's like, you know, I watch one. I want to see them all, even if they're all bad. I need the full verse of whatever it is I'm watching. So, as oh, yeah. an example, this week I dove in and watched all four Jaws movies. <laughs> and... uh you know, uh, I mean, obviously the first one's spectacular. It is a classic. Second one's not too bad. The third one is, eh, but it's kind of one of those guilty pleasure type movies, right? It's it's still got fun parts. It's got a young Dennis Quaid in it. Uh, it's got Lou Gossett Jr. in it. it. So it's still got some fun parts. And then you watch, but the only thing about three is it was it was uh, filmed for 3D. And it's always, I, I still chuckle when I see those movies and you see those parts like clearly that were put in there for 3D. Right. You know, body parts falling in the water and stuff like that that were clearly made for 3D. But it's still funny. And then you watch 4 and you're kind of like, eh. Uh, but 4 does have a, 
what's his name? I think it's Lance, oh, is it Lance Peterson from uh, The Last Starfighter. One of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I just, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's in this. And uh, so I, I like that part. I think, is that his name, Lance Peterson? I'll have to look that up. Um, but, but I love him because I love love Last Starfighter. Uh, let me see here. I'm, I'm looking up real quick. This is a, uh, here we go. Oh, Lance Guest. I'm sorry. It's Lance Guest. I don't know where I got Peterson. But anyway, uh, Lance Guest, uh, who is uh, the main guy in Last Starfighter, and he was in this, so. Gotcha. I do like him, so there's that. But uh, so I completed that, and then uh, today, uh, as of we're recording it, which is on May 3rd, uh, I watched The Craft uh, because it's it was an anniversary of The Craft, and uh, so I thought, oh hell, I haven't seen that in forever, and I watched it, and it was like, <laughs> eh, it's all right, it is what it is, it's you know nothing nothing spectacular. It's got a good cast, yeah. but it's a uh, but it's nothing like you know one of those. That, oh yeah, that's a outstanding movie but it's good it's good enough um it's a fun movie uh, lots of lots of witch work in that one absolutely uh, but yeah i think that's uh i think that's all i watched this week i don't know oh uh, I, can't uh, else. I was gonna say I, I remember there was one other thing i watched um there's actually two other things but one of them i i cannot remember i either was so bad that i forgot it or like i just i have like early like just memory loss or something but anyways Mm -hmm. i I have been watching um it's not like a scary movie but it's kind of a scary show been watching ghost adventures um Mm. which is uh which is uh what's his name crap zach bagans which is like the he's like the main guy um and like i know some people like uh when you talk about like ghost hunting shows like ghost adventures is either like like either somebody really likes a show or they really hate it um for instance my 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 wife's grandmother she loves the like the ghost hunter show um i think there used to be called taps or something like that but like she hates zach bagan she 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 despises that man with a passion like won't watch (laughs) the show if she sees him in something she won't watch it i don't know why she's got beef with zach bagans but she does and but, like, I, I love Zach Bagans. I think he's a pretty cool dude. You know, I, I think he does some good stuff. I know there's been some controversy about him, actually. Uh, I guess, like, one of his, like, uh, old, like, co-hosts or something like that came out and was spilling some tea. I I, I don't know. But, yeah, I've been watching that. So it's, it's been pretty interesting getting to kind of go back and watch all those. And um, they actually did a couple episodes in Indiana that I watched. And, I mean, they were all right. But it was just cool to see him be in Indiana. <laughs> Yeah, always good to see some Hoosier Hoosier content there. That's right. Um, uh, speaking speaking of locations, I let's let's talk about. Oh yeah. We had, yeah. An, we had an interesting <laughs> week here, and uh, I know you and I discussed this via text and everything else. But let's let's put it out there for the listeners. I mean, we put this on social media, but still, this weird thing, two weird things, kind of happened in relation to the podcast this past week. Is that suddenly, for whatever reason, I, I there's a, a website out there that kind of. Uh, charts podcast right it, it pulls all the charts together they don't do anything they're pulling like the, the all the apple charts and different things and um and i check it quite regularly and and i get email alerts on our podcast right and i got an alert that all of a sudden whatever reason we had charted in argentina <laughs> so i thought huh interesting and so i clicked on it and opened it up not only did we chart in argentina but in film review podcast, we were at number five. And then not only that, but in film review podcast episodes, our Scream 6 episode was number one. So I'm like, who's out there in Argentina <laughs> listening to all of our shows? 
And then what happened a, a day or two later, all of a sudden, I noticed that we had uh, this during this period, a we had 33 downloads exactly in Spain in this this short time period or, or within a day, which we don't you know, we don't have a lot of listeners in Spain normally. So I thought, huh. And then I started thinking, well, at that time, we have 33 episodes out. So I got looking at the details, and yes, in Spain, there was one download for each of our 33 episodes. So I felt like, was there someone in Spain that was binging our podcast? But then I thought about it more, and I thought, well, wait a minute. Could it possibly be, I mean, yes, could it be someone in Argentina and Spain? Yes. Or is this somebody using a VPN yeah. or something that is, that is you know, uh, kind of bounce their location around? Uh, who knows? I'm not sure why they... <laughs> what they're listening to us on where they're they think they need a VPN to listen to our podcast. <laughs> but uh I, I guess whatever. Uh, but it was weird. It was uh, you know, whatever. I mean we're we're charting in the other countries. So uh I mean, you know, maybe I don't think the competition's quite as stiff for film film review podcast probably in Argentina. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm not saying we had this mad dash of downloads, but enough to get us in the top five. So uh Thank you to our Argentinian, or have you say it, listeners out there, I guess. That's, wow. Yes. We'll take it. <laughs> we will. Absolutely. Shout well, out to the, our, our, our fans. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. Kind of weird. Um, so let's uh, let's get on with it. I, we were uh, originally planning to do a wives rebuttal, but we couldn't couldn't get the schedules, everything to work out with the wives. Uh, and also, that's cool. That's okay. That's all right, because we were prepared for this, right? We, we had we've had a backup plan where if there was ever an additional week in a month or something happened or whatever, we had a a, a new segment that we were going to just use in, in emergency type situations. We have busted the glass, pulled the, the <laughs> alarm and, and, and we have a, which is kind of ironic that I make a fire alarm reference because this new segment is called Horror Hot Take. So basically what this is, Ike, is. Either you, me, or both of us, whatever it might be, is going to have a hype, hot take on something horror-related, a movie, whatever it might be. It doesn't, it, nothing, nothing to be specific, whatever it is. Um, and and you've got one. I don't even know what this is yet. You've got one that you're going to talk about. I'll see if I can, if I agree or if I chime in. Uh, but one of the keys is right. It's a hot take, right? So you're expecting that this is going to push some buttons to some people out there, right? There's going to be people yeah. that are going to strongly disagree with your opinion on what you're going to talk about. So if you're out there listening to us and you do strongly agree, or if you agree, hit us up on social media and, and let us know what you think. So uh, we'll see what I think. Because I, like I said, I have no idea what you're going to talk about yet. So so let's dive into it. I, what, what is your, you're the one here. You're on the, on, on the seat for the, the uh, inaugural episode here. What is your hot take that you want to unveil to the world? Absolutely. Let me preface it by saying I, I am full of fucking hot takes. All right. I, uh, I have I have these things loaded in like a freaking Browning machine gun, ready to fire off at a moment's notice. And I and I let me press about saying I was going to talk about my my dislike for the first Friday Thirteenth movie, which is a hot take, right? But I thought I've talked about that before. It's it's used up. And I thought, what else could I talk about that's going to elicit a reaction from probably I would say the majority of people? And you know what? I'm here. You ready for this? Uh, yeah, lay it on me. I'm laying it on you. In my opinion, in, in, in my professional opinion, as a professional horror movie podcaster, I think that modern 
supernatural movies, modern exorcism movies, are significantly better than anything prior to the year 2000. Anything. I don't care about what movie it is. Don't get me wrong. The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, all of these movies have very significant, I would say, historical value at this point. And I, I know that probably hurts some people's souls to hear me say that. But the reality is, is that these movies are 30 to 40 years old. Um, if you're talking about Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby, it's 50 years old. Um, and while these movies do definitely have their quirks and their good things, the modern horror genre has generated some of the best possession movies. And I would say significantly better movies. And and, I, and this comes off of watching the Pope's Exorcist. This comes off of watching the Conjuring movies, the Insidious movies. I mean, there there are so many movies that are so much better. Devil. I mean, there are so many good movies in this modern genre that I think outpace the previous generation significantly. Um, so, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So you're saying blanket statement that pretty much everything. What do you say? Post 2000 on something. What do you? How, how are you? Yeah. Whatever. I. I yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so 2000 on, you're saying blanket statement that are you saying all those movies or the vast majority of them are better than let's just say let's just say specifically you're, they're better than The Exorcist. I would say a, a good majority of them are. I would say. I would and say you're that, not saying just effects or anything. You're saying overall movie as a whole, everything package deal in the overall. Right. In terms of sitting down and watching the movie and enjoying the movie, I much more enjoy the modern movies. And here's the thing. I'm not normally like that. I, I'm 100 percent the person to tell you that like old zombie movies, for instance, are better than a lot of the modern zombie movies. Right. With a few exceptions. But like when it comes to these paranormal movies, these supernatural movies, sure. This, the Exorcist is great. I love the Exorcist movie. I think that's a great movie. But I, I will not pretend that it is somehow better than like The Conjuring, for instance. We'll we'll, we'll say that. Well, let, let's let's n narrow the scope a little bit. I think The Conjuring is a better movie than The Exorcist. I, I would say oh. by a significant margin, The Conjuring movie, the movies, however you want to put it, have have a significant margin on The Exorcist. And, and I know how that could come across, right? I'm some whipper, young whippersnapper who's talking shit about The Exorcist. But here's the deal. The Exorcist, in my opinion, at this point in time, is dated. All right. And, and, and I can't like there are a lot of movies that age well. And there are a lot of movies that are generally recepted well in the current like the current world that we live in. And and generally, The Exorcist is. It's just when you watch The Exorcist, it, it almost to me, The Exorcist almost feels cheesy. Like the first time I watched it was great. But like subsequent watches have not been as good and i remember i watched it about a couple months ago just just because and i was just like man i was like this isn't as good as i thought it was and then i started watching conjure movies and i'm like well damn the conjure movies are great <laughs> i mean significantly so i just i don't know I, i've i've always been a purist too i've always been that kind of person that normally would be like yeah the originals are better but in this case i can't say that and I would even go as far to say that I'm really excited for the Exorcist remake that's supposed to come out this year. And I, I have very high hopes that the modern adaptation will probably well, surpass the original. Supposedly, the rumor is it's not going to be a remake. It's going to be more True. of a recall type thing. So, yeah, I, I like that. Um, 
Okay, I, I see. I mean, I can see some of that. Yes, there are uh, with some movies. I don't. I don't think I agree with the Exorcist part because I love the Exorcist, and, right. uh, and but I, I do love the Conjuring movies too. But I, I would not say I don't. I don't like the Conjuring more than the Exorcist. Um, but the Conjuring is very, very good, and uh, that I mean that whole series. And um, so, but I, I yeah, I, I mean, I can see how you would think some of them are better than than many of those movies because right because. Yeah, yeah. Some of those movies are not, not, you know, correct. Whatever. I mean, that always happens. Um, when something's successful, you know, you get you get some bad takes on that genre, uh, that that always try to feed off. But uh, so yeah, okay. Oh, that, I mean, that's your hot take. So so people, if you're, you know, let's let's keep it straight. If you're gonna hit us up on social media, this is <laughs> this is this is Ike's hot take. Now I'm I'm not wholeheartedly agreeing with him here, but but again, it's a matter of opinion. So I so I, I respect it. That's that's all right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like I said, I love The Exorcist, but I'm not taking it personally, so uh, it's, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely, and and and, and, I, and I do want to make it clear, I'm not attacking Exorcist fans. Obviously, I don't have any reason to. I mean, it, it's just in my opinion, I just I feel like I just feel like the newer genre, the new generation of movies, they have a lot more to offer than some of these older generation movies do. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's always how movies are. It's just. Yeah. The, the way of the way of the water, you know, 20 years from now, the people will be saying the same thing about the conjuring, I'm sure. Uh. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to remember then later in the year, it'll be interesting when we're going to have a new chapter in both the conjuring and the exorcist yeah. to see what you take then on comparing those two, because that might be more apples to apples there when you're talking the, the two franchises, but more the at the same time period, you know, production wise and see what you think. Not outside, not the entire franchise-wise or anything else. Just comparing the new, the new entries when they yeah. come out. That'll that'll be curious to see what you think then. Uh, uh, just those two. Yeah, it's actually weird that I pick those two movies that are also getting like new movies this year. Weirdly enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah interesting. Kind of a big year for uh, for uh, uh, supernatural type stuff. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And there's so much more but, coming. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, like you said, I mean, we're talking. It's quite a run. I mean, has it really subsided? No. I mean, it's like every every couple of years we're getting new chapters of these things. So it's just, uh, I mean, you know, let's be real. Supernatural stuff's always been there, always been there. I mean, you you take it back as far as you as you want. There's always been movies that have had their take on the supernatural, right? It, because it's it's such an unknown. Because you know, so you can pretty much give it whatever coat of paint and, and interpretation you want, and who's going to say you're wrong? Exactly. Right. So, so it's it's kind of a a wide open canvas, you know. So it's interesting. So, all right. Well, there's the first hot take, and it was <laughs> uh, that's pretty hot. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Had, we'll see if we if we get a response. Had a little steam behind it. I and I have plenty more. <laughs> I, have, I have plenty more where that comes from. A little so. bit. <laughs> I I bring a little smoke there. That's all right. Yes, that's but, right. Uh, all right. Well, let's pause, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, some news. And birthdays and anniversaries. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts and we're back with some news 
Tell me the news. Um, we have Chucky and Tiffany Monster High dolls. Oh my god, I've not heard of Monster High in years. They were released on MattelCreations.com and have sold out. Oh lord, I I wow, Monster High. I did not know they were still making those dolls. Um, I mean that's pretty cool though. I mean if you're into that kind of stuff, I mean I'm I'm not shitting on nobody's you know pastime, but hey, that's cool. Yeah. It, but Tell Creations is a, a limited run thing, right? Where you, they only do so many. They, I mean, they do it for all the properties. I've, I've, I, I follow Mattel Creations for the Masters of the Universe stuff. Never really bought from it. Uh, but, uh, but it's kind of their way of where they can produce these things, but they're very targeted at the, the, the true collectors and they don't have to pay, you know, the shipping and the, all the supply chain stuff. So they, they did sell out real quick because I'm sure they were only doing it so many. But I did see a picture of them. The Tiffany looks pretty good. The Chucky, eh, I don't know. It's okay. I mean, it's clearly Chucky, but the right. hair was a little weird. But not my thing. I, I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Child's Play, and I love you know Chucky, uh, Chucky, <laughs> Chucky, and Tiffany. Uh, but you know, Monster High dolls are not really my thing. So, hey, everybody's got their thing. Monster High dolls just happen not to be ours. But uh, uh, Halloween 1978 is getting a tabletop game release from Trick or Treat Studios. It is due out in August and will retail for $59.95. I love tabletop games. I love horror movies, and I think this is going to be great. Um, $59.95 is also not a bad retail price for something that seems pretty niche. Um, So I I think that'll be good. Are you going to check that out, Dave? Yeah, probably. It'll be it'll be fun. I like I like games too. I like we're getting a lot of these, right? We're getting a. I think we've talked recently about a Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, maybe a Scream one, yeah, uh, and everything else. Uh, but uh, unbelievably, I think when I read this, this is the first tabletop game based on the original Halloween, hmm. as from what I read, which seems weird to me. But uh, I mean, because you know, not like Halloween's not marketed and on everything. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I mean, Halloween '78, one of my you know favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, you get a tabletop game. That sounds fun. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of, uh, you know, Supernatural and Exorcist, the Pope's Exorcist, which we are reviewing later this episode, um, is available for rent or purchase on video on demand platforms. And also released on video on demand is Renfield, um, which we reviewed not last week, but week before. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Lord. Um, and this one, actually, I'm excited for. I have heard this. Me too. Um, I've well, not, yeah, tell this. We're gonna talk about this a lot, a little bit. Yeah. I, well, so here's the thing. I don't. I know what it's about, but I've not watched any trailers or anything. But like, I I've watched the trailers. Yeah, but. But yeah. But so I, basically, I know the background, so talk about it here. Let's go. Right. So basically, there's this movie. It's called The Third Saturday in October. Um, and there's part five, and then Third Saturday in October, part one, will both be released on video on demand uh, on May fifth. So from what I've heard, part one is like the first one, part five is the second one, um, or something like that. And if I remember correctly, it, it's it's kind of spoofing on like how all these horror movies have all these par- parts and stuff. But it's supposed to just be kind of yeah. like a traditional slasher kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's these are supposed to be tributes to kind of eighty slashers. And 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 the concept is, from what I've heard, is what they have thought is back in the video store days, right? If you went to the video store and say you were looking to rent whatever, uh, say you were going to rent Friday the 13th Part 2, right? That's the one you wanted to see. So you race the video store and you get there and it's gone, but you really want to see Jason. So you end up watching like Jason Takes Manhattan, which I love, but still, (laughs) it's not what you went there for, right? 
Or if you're just going because you want to watch a Friday the 13th movie, maybe you've never seen one, but you go, but you can't watch the first one and watch them in order. Well, all that's less part six. So, okay, well, you're going to watch part six. So you're watching it out of order, right? Because that's what's there. That's what's available. That's the thought of this, right? You're supposed to watch part five first and then watch part one. There is no two, three, or four. They're not making a two, three, or four, at least as it stands now. That's not the way it's going to be. It is just these two. They're numbered this way because it's like this is a – they're playing it off like it's a discovered old slasher franchise, right? And this is all that's left is part five and part one. And uh, it's intended to watch part five first, then part one. Uh, It's pretty clever. I like it. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, I, 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 it's not a mockery or anything. It's supposed to be very, a very tip the hat tribute homage uh, to the old slasher movies of the 80s and early 90s. So I, I'm super, I love slashers. Uh, I, I, you know, and, and I love this. I love the concept. It's clever. It sounds fun. It, it makes me feel like these people, uh, whoever is behind this, you know, they know what they're talking about and right. And they enjoy the genre. So it's, it, you know, and like we've said before, passion comes through, right? And so if they've got the passion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just going to add to it. It sounds fun. I can't wait to watch these. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So check it out May 5th. Um, we'll be checking it out. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit on the next episode or something. Um, yeah, yeah, we won't, we're not reviewing them, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it like in our opener set. I'm sure I, I guarantee you we'll both watch it probably the, the weekend it comes out. I, I guarantee you. And, uh, more than likely. So yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it and what we watched and, and get into a little discussion. There you go. All right, moving on to some birthdays. Uh, we have May 4th, 1977, Emily Perkins, who is famously known for Supernatural, Ginger Schnapps, and It. Um, hey, hey one of my favorites. I'm pretty sure we talked about her recently because we were talking about Ginger Schnapps. Yeah, yeah. I break her up all the time. I mean, it's, it's so, because, you know, I, I, I end up forcing Supernatural into every episode until my. <laughs> so, just the way it is. But yeah, she played Becky in Supernatural, right? Which was the. Yeah. Uh, the the, the super fan of the Supernatural series, the book series. But yeah, then she was in Supernatural and then she played the the young girl in, in the original It. Or no, no, I'm sorry, not in the original It, not in 1980. She wouldn't have, well, no, she wouldn't have been, never mind. It's in the new, the new take on it. I got confused there. She plays the young girl. Um, No, wait, that doesn't make sense either, does it? Yeah, I think she was in the original because she was It was the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was confused about my time. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, it does make sense. But then I thought, then I got thinking of it. I'm like, well, hell no, it wouldn't be in the new ones because she would have been a grown ass adult. So <laughs> I'm very confused there, and I'm sorry. She was though in the original miniseries. She played the young girl in. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then on May fifth, eighteen eighty nine. Wow, Jack Pierce from the Universal Makeup, uh, Universal Makeup Artist. So wow, that he is probably passed he by is, now. I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's long, long best. But he is all the Universal Monsters. He's the guy that created the look, created the makeup, created the techniques. He, he, this is the guy. If you talk to Tom Savini, you talk to any of these guys. Jack Pierce was the guy that laid the foundation for what they did. He was, uh, you know, well, him and, and Lon Chaney. Uh, they, they were the two that they created. Uh, they created this, but right. But Jack Pierce was the. It was his job on all those classic monster movies from Universal to make them look like what you see on the screen. And uh, I mean, obviously, talented guy. Yeah, absolutely. And then we also have on May 6, 1961, George Clooney, uh, known for such movies as From Dusk Till Dawn and many others, and possibly an even scarier movie, Batman and Robin. Um, so it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but we're not gonna we're not gonna knock the bat those Batmans because 
Uh, well, I'm an 89 and Batman Returns guy. The other two still have so I still have lots of nostalgia for them because, man, I, I lived through that time and it's 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 a wonderful thing when when the whole country is wrapped up in Batmania. <laughs> Love it. But yes, Clooney was not my favorite Batman, but still. Yeah, no, no, I do like those movies. It's just the nipples, man. The nipples on Batman always get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. And then we also have some really interesting movie anniversaries. Uh, May 7th, 1999, we have The Mummy, um, starring Brendan Fraser. Uh, obviously, Brendan Fraser is kind of making a career renaissance, but I feel like The Mummy was one of his like really big blockbuster movies. He did a lot of comedies and stuff before, like Encino Man. Um, but uh, yeah, The Mummy, I, I really love The Mummy. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I mean, I always love Brendan Fraser, though, right? I love those cheesy comedies. I love The Encino Man. I love The George of the Jungle. I love The Dudley Do-Right. All those kind of movies. I don't know where they fall in the timeline here, but but when the mummy when the mummy came and that that whole series of whatever, he, I mean that vaulted him next level. I mean it it took him from you know comedy guy to you know action hero kind of guy so to speak, and it, it put him on a, another level. But uh, yeah, the, it's, it's it's a good series. The first movie's great. I love them. Yeah, absolutely love it, love it, love it. And then we also have Urban Legend from May 8th, 1996. Uh, Urban Legend, that's another interesting one. I, I haven't watched it in a few years, um, but it has a very interesting cast. It has a very young Jared Leto, if I remember correctly, um, and some other people who I cannot remember. But, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting one. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, me too. It's been a long time. But it's. A, but I remember, I mean, I remember enjoying it. It's one of those movies, again, it's just you, you kind of forget about. Um, and you wonder, you know, then when something like this comes up, I wonder, well, why have I never revisited that movie and watched it? But I mean, hey, I watched The Craft today, so maybe I'll watch Urban Legend soon, <laughs> coming up soon. <laughs> that, fair enough, fair enough. And then last but certainly least, um, we have Friday yeah. the 13th <laughs> from May 9th, 1980. Um, obviously, I've talked about Friday the 13th Part 1, I mean, a billion times, so I'm not going to continue talking about it, but... Yeah, it, not my favorite, but uh, it, it is definitely an important piece of history, and we yeah. got this, uh, you know, what is it, 43 years ago in 1980? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for no, you know, nothing else. It's, I mean, historically important in the in the horror genre, of course. So true. If nothing else, if nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> you already did your hot take, man. Get off. I it. <laughs> I already did. I already. Did. I'll get off my soapbox. You know, old man yelling at the clouds over here. Um. <laughs> But with that being said, I think that's enough uh, news, birthdays, uh, disparaging classic movies. Uh, (laughs) When we come back, we are going to review The Pope's Exorcist. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code LISTEN2SCREAMS at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, we're back here on Listen to Their Screams, and it is review time, and we are talking about The Pope's Exorcist, which is still in theaters, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still. It is, it is locally here. I don't know for how much longer, but as we spoke of, it is coming to video, or it is on video demand. I'm sorry. Uh, so watch it however you want. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, The Pope's Exorcist is a, a, a supernatural horror movie, and um, in the past, we've we've often we like to throw out when we talk about these genre, these subgenres of horror, and people really like it when we when they give these definitions because like we've said in the past, a lot of people may not know exactly what is a supernatural horror movie, right? They don't know what does that entail, what is that, and and you know, and I know it, even if you're a longtime fan of like horror or whatever it is, it, it sometimes can be intimidating 
to try to ask someone or go out there. You, you don't want to feel stupid, right? And right. And, 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 and no one's stupid. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. So let's talk about just briefly what a supernatural horror movie is. And I just pulled this definition out there. A supernatural horror is a work or fiction that relies heavily on <laughs> supernatural or paranormal elements to drive the story, featuring things like ghosts, monsters, demons, aliens, witchcraft, zombies, and so on. The main source of terror in supernatural horrors tends to be the human reaction to being faced with the unknown, usually in the midst of a serious conflict, i.e. a haunting, a possession, an invasion, a curse, an omen, etc. Basically, this is, if you take all those things... The old folk tales, all the uh, the weekly world news stories, all the campfire stories, uh, all those things that people say are true, that are out there, but you can't prove them, right? And only a few people have seen them, and only a few people experience. All those things are considered supernatural, right? Yeah. It's stuff that we, it's it's other other realmly or whatever you want to call. It. I don't need to what you call it. It's, it's it's just not not something that we can that has been proven definitively, honestly, yes or no. Right. And, and I I'm not here to, to argue what is and what isn't. Um, do I think there is weird ass supernatural paranormal shit out there? Yes. One hundred percent. I do. Do I believe all of it is out there? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, the, the world, man, it's too wacky a place that there's not some of this shit. Right. There, there's some of the, I, I just I, I believe that. But uh, that's not what we're going to discuss here, though. But that is pretty much what a supernatural horror movie is like. Do you, do you concede? Do you think that that's. A pretty good definition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think supernatural, like you said, it, it's. A, it, I think probably supernatural is probably one of the most broad and vast genres of horror movies, just because there's so much stuff that can be put under that umbrella. Um, so absolutely, I would definitely agree with this definition. I, I think it definitely, in my opinion, it, it pretty much portrays. I would say every single supernatural movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I think the Big thing, too, is that, you know, they're faced with a conflict of some sort and it's unexplained. I mean, that's yeah. really I feel like the the really the kind of the end all be all is that it's an unexplained conflict of some supernatural order. And yeah, absolutely. Like you said, not not to, you know, go into semantics about what what actually exists or doesn't. It's just whether or not it's this unknown. And absolutely one of my favorite genres of horror movies, too, I might add. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. And it, I mean, and, and obviously, I don't know, you know, you don't really break down that. I mean, you can, I mean, you can, hell, you can break down supernatural even finer uh, as far as the genre, right? Because, you know, you have possession type movies, you have invasion type movies. I mean, you know, I mean, I think a movie like The Pope's Exorcist is, is very different than like a, I don't know, War of the Worlds where there's an alien invasion. I mean, right. it's, they're, they're, yeah, why we can call them both supernatural or paranormal, they're still <laughs> very differently, very different. Uh, and, um, a lot of supernatural, particularly when you're discussing demons and things like that, there's a lot of religious connotations involved, yeah. obviously, because a lot of what these – well, not, I don't want to say a lot, but several of components of this are, you know, it's, it's, it's exploring the – well, is there an afterlife? What happens to – you know, what is a soul? What happens to a soul? And, uh, you know, let's be real. Most of my definition of all this kind of shit is is, is drawn from the Supernatural TV show. <laughs> and what's what. <laughs> so but anyway. But so so again, there is a lot of religion, which is why you get a movie like The Pope's Exorcist. Right. And um, now The Pope's Exorcist, is it's it's based on a real movie or, or based on real real happenings. Right. It's a book written by by the this, the Pope's Exorcist. Um, 
it, it, you know, it's been out for a few weeks. I didn't pull all the box office numbers. We talked about it a couple weeks ago that, you know, in its debut weekend, it was like number, I think number four or something. It was, you know, did pretty well. Uh, and, um, but this is all based on the writings of, you know, the Pope's the Pope's, I, I don't know whether this is still a position. I'm assuming there is some of that still. I don't know, but there was a Pope's exorcist and this, this guy, um, was it and this is supposedly pulled from his books and they even they even the tongue-in-cheek make reference about the books he wrote in the movie where he asked the guy you know the the kid the the younger priest uh he says that he's written read all the articles and the the pope's exorcist the exorcist guy says oh did you read the books and he's like oh no i haven't read the books oh you should read the books the books are good and then (laughs) then they did that at the end it's pretty funny um the movie was fun right it was it was a fun movie i i russell i love russell crowe i love the way he played i love that this the Pope's ex, the exorcist. I don't remember his name. It's my, I'm, I, it was Gabrielle, right? Yeah, that's Gab, like Gabrielle Lamorth. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just call him Gabrielle or Gabe. We'll call him Gabe. Gabe. <laughs> that's easy to remember. Gabe or Gabrielle. Gabe, he, I love how, right? He was a, obviously a man of faith, a man of religion, right? He's in a prominent position uh, within the Catholic Church, uh, appointed by the Pope himself, right? He, he he's, he's faced in front of a, like a tribune or a panel, and he tells me, hey, you got to speak to my boss. Well, his boss is the Pope. Right. But I love how despite all that, right, he still has this sense of humor. And he still, I mean, he's, what is he? He's like walking around with the nuns. He's like, right around, he's like, cuckoo, cuckoo. He's, he's saying that. I was, I was cracking up at that stuff. And and then he's riding around on this moped thing, and it, it's just cracked me up. And he, I mean, he carried a flask with him with whiskey. Uh, it was it was hilarious. Um so I like how you know, he, he was, despite where he was, he was a very human person, right? He he knew he had his flaws, and he defined it. Um, the movie was it was it was it was great. It was I love the way it was shot. I love the man, the kid that was possessed yeah. was scary as hell, and um, did a great job. Um, then you know I mean his sister's possessed, and she did a great job. It was it was great. But then it went like it started going next level with shit, right? They started finding different things, the, you know, catacombs and things that have been closed off by the Vatican, sealed away by the Vatican themselves. And it just it went it went we're, we're clearly wasn't just an exorcism, right? And I love how this guy Gabe Gabriel talks early on that hey, you know what? The majority of these things I'm called out to, they're not really possessions, they're not really exorcisms. And it's and he, he where he had come to the point where he realized. Hey, it just takes a little little psychology, right? A little mind play to get this, uh, to get these people to break out of this, right? Because it, it's like during a time when when um, mental health and, and mental things, you know, mental conditions were not really talked about a lot or a lot really addressed a lot. He seemed a little ahead of that. He was yeah. talking about you know, why he wasn't labeling it. He was aware that hey, this is this is not a possession. There's uh, this is something else, a condition. Yeah. Um, so and I like that part of it. Uh, so I've, I've rambled on there with a little bit of overview. Like, tell me a little bit of what, what you were thinking of the Pope's Exorcist when you watched it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I would definitely agree that, you know, having watched this and done a little bit of the background research about who, you know, you know Father Gabriel was and everything else. Um, obviously, the, the concept of exorcism, it, it's honestly probably one of the most um, controversial opinions of like any religious institution. Um, whether or not exorcisms are real, whether they exist, whether they're still real, or, but, um, you know, and and I think one of the biggest things that this movie addresses, like you said, it definitely approaches sort of like that 
that I guess theological aspect of most of these exorcisms are not exorcisms. They're mentally unwell people. And, you know, something that the movie really dives into is that, you know, uh, Gabriel Morth, um, you know, had a lot of guilt over one of his previous, um, you know, attempts at exorcism is that, you know, he didn't believe that a person needed help. And that's kind of, you know, part of his like storytelling and sort of his character development is that, you know, he realized too late that giving an exorcism is not always about exercising a demon. Sometimes it's literally just about understanding or trying to hear from somebody like, hey, what's going on inside your head? So the Pope's exorcist, in my opinion, it it, it really I mean, it's very critical of the Catholic Church. I I mean, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not. And over overly, I'm not religious in any way, shape, or form. I, I would maybe say that I have like some spiritual tendencies because I do believe that there's good and evil. And I do believe that there are such a thing as demons. I don't know, you know, how how I'm willing to classify it, but I do believe that there are demons in this world. But I'll say this: I've never watched a horror movie that had sort of like that political aspect where it is very much so. I mean, criticizing the Catholic Church. And obviously the Catholic Church is under a lot of criticism for a lot of things. But, you know, this one definitely paints a picture that it, doesn't depict them very well. <laughs> yeah, it, it even it even, you know, dabbled a little in the in some of the indecencies and sexual indecencies involved because yeah. the, the girl that you spoke of that it was his uh his his guilt that he didn't help. Uh, you know, she was you know, he indicated she was being abused. Uh, you know, there was things happening and and he he didn't dive into it. He didn't want to believe or he didn't want to you know, say that that was part of the church that could be there. And so he he wasn't able to help her because he didn't he didn't believe her. All right. He didn't. He just thought this was another one of those things. So, yeah, it, it did touch on a lot of the. Uh, I don't know what you want to say, the uh, whatever the question, I don't want to say questionable things, but the a lot of the controversies that yeah. uh, you, you come to, to hear about the Catholic Church. Yeah, absolutely. And so I really respect that part of it. Absolutely. Like I was really surprised that they went that route um, just because it, it's not something that a lot of people are willing to talk about. It's not a lot of things that people want to talk about. So I was really surprised that they went that route. And after having watched the movie, they they literally made, I would say, one of the probably point by point perfect exorcism movies because they didn't try to go like the fanciful route of like, you know, I cast thee unto hell, you know, they were reading legitimate rites of exorcism. And, you know, and that was something that I really thought was interesting because, you know, one fun fact about me, um, one of the things that I like to research in my free time are, you know, when, with these movies is like, how realistic are they? And they were reading legitimate rites of exorcism that the Catholic church used at that time. So, you know, and not only that, uh, like you said, uh, our, our dear friend Russell Crowe, I mean, he was speaking. I mean, I don't I'm, I'm assuming he can speak fluently in real life, but he was speaking fluent Italian. Uh, yeah. He was speaking pretty great Latin. I mean, yeah. literally was just knocking it out of the park 100 percent. And then so you have like a really great exorcism movie. You have fantastic performances literally on every aspect. You have the kid who is possessed, who, in my opinion, no offense to Linda Blair, did a better job than Linda Blair. Um, and, you know, and definitely it had a lot of those, you know, similar points of, you know, other exorcism movies. And, you know, so you have a really good exorcist movie. You have a really good, I mean, 
controversial kind of movie that kind of addresses very real subjects that need addressing. And then also you have the historical perspective that this is a real person. Gabriel Morth was a real person who had these very real opinions and who was very controversial within the Catholic Church, but was generally regarded well from people outside of the church. Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was just a very interesting, you know, approach that they had. And generally, the movie is really entertaining and fun to watch. And I just it, it definitely felt like the stakes were high, too. That was another thing is that the movie definitely gave you high stakes in yeah. terms of like what would happen if Gabriel Moore, you know, doesn't complete his mission. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was another thing is that I was like, wow, that, I guess that would make a lot of sense for a demon to do is, you know, spoiler alert, obviously. The whole premise of this is that the demon who we learn is Asmodeus um, who was in Supernatural? It, who was in Supernatural? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little different, but uh, <laughs> right. But Asmodeus um, specifically is wanting to possess uh, Father Gabriel to infiltrate the Vatican. And if you if you think about it logically, right? You watch all these demon possession movies, and they ask a very important question. This right? Gabriel Morth asks, "Why why would a demon want to possess? Um, you know." some like random person in the middle of nowhere right you know what i mean like he literally asks that because in the very beginning of the movie the cold open is there's a potential possession and you know he's he basically approaches them and they actually explain away the exorcism that like it wasn't an actual exorcism this person was not actually possessed yeah. um they just needed mental help obviously but he actually literally addresses that like you know in all these exorcism movies like why are these people being possessed like Demons have an agenda, right? Purportedly, they have an agenda, the downfall of humanity. How is them possessing some random Joe Schmo in the middle of nowhere in any way, shape or form, you know, advancing that, you know, directive? And so this movie addresses that by saying this demon possessed this kid who is a vulnerable person who they knew that the church would try and help. Right. Because it wanted to get to Father Gabriel specifically. Yeah. So. Definitely a great setup, definitely a great concept, and honestly, it really touched on a lot of things. Didn't leave any loose ends that I could find, at least. Um, and yeah, sorry, I mean, I can't give enough praises for how this movie approached the the concept of an exorcism. It was refreshing, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I also like, I mean, they sprinkled enough humor in it where it it was it was good. It, it, it was good comic relief, and I don't mean that over the top because it wasn't over the top, but just little things, right? Where where he asked, you know, uh, you know, he asked the guy to say the prayer. Where he was like, oh, I don't speak that. It's ah, it's close enough to the Spanish. And no, it's just <laughs> little stuff like that was just made you chuckle a little because, uh, you know, that's it's important. Now, if I have any qualms about the movie, is the finish? The finish was it was a little busy for my taste, right? It was just. And, and I, I mean, you know, it was OK, but then and then it's just I, I, I felt, though, the towards the end and maybe, you know, maybe this is I don't know. Maybe this is really what happened, according to his rights. I don't know. But just the whole I feel like it's like, oh, we've just formed the Avengers type thing. Right. It's like, oh, there's one hundred ninety nine other spots. we got a lot of work to do here. Or you got a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Are you ready? And it's like we formed. I don't know. That, it was. It was. A, it felt the, the the whole movie felt very genuine to me, except for that end. It just went a little hokey to me, and too much of the okay, we're setting up for that sequel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's coming because <laughs> hey, we're we're buddies now, and we're we're the Exorcist team, and we're gonna go out there. And, and I, I, it's just, 
I don't know. I think it just felt so out of place from the rest of the movie. It was, I don't know. It was just a little, a little, hokey. and then that, yeah, like I said, that where they were beating the it was, it was good, but then it was like, they, they tried to make it so dramatic that I almost felt like they upped it a little too much that they maybe, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done differently because I understand. I liked where it went with the concept. I understand what, you know, was what's supposed to happen. And I got all that. There was just something with the presentation. It was, I don't know. There was a little much to it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, it's hard to put my finger on. I, I do like when Russell Russell Crowe Gabe's character, the Gabe character, was possessed and he was sitting in that in that throne like thing with the staff thing. He looked very cool. And uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, that was the whole movie was great. Like I said, the ending was just a a little much, and then that that end felt a little hokey to me. I understand you want to segue for potential future stuff and you want to put a bow on it and wrap it up, but. Uh, it felt kind of weird to me that here they are in the whatever the the, the crypts of the of the Vatican and you know the whole <laughs> we got a lot of work to, I don't know it's just it felt, little, it felt a little out of place to the movie somehow for me but that's yeah. a, that's a that's a minor complaint in the overall scheme of the movie I mean well, I'm not I'm not gonna trash the whole movie based on you know five minutes at the end that felt a little a little bit off in context for me but. Right. No, I do agree with that. I, I, I definitely agree with that because I I even kind of made a joke. I was like, you know, they were they were definitely going the Avengers route with that yeah. last little bit, you yeah, know. It's... And I, I it like I get why they did it because it, it quite frankly I I think that this movie was very successful. It did very well given all all things considered, and they already have talked about greenlighting another movie, and it's like. I see why they kind of set it up that way because it does. It opens it up to the rest of the series. And, you know, Gabriel Morth has a lot of books that he's written about exorcisms and things yeah. like that. So I, I, I see why they did it. I just think that they could have done it in less of a buddy cop fashion. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, they're very clearly establishing, okay, there's more to this. Whether they do it or not, there's more, right? And there's the clear cut. Here it is. Here's here's your Father Gabriel, the, the the demon hunter, right? This is our This is the guy. Right. And I, I get that. That's they were trying to put the exclamation point on it to establish it. And here's this Robin sidekick, whatever that guy's name was, uh, that, you know, that was with him. That was the young guy that was, you know, with him. And, uh, you know, I, and I understand. I mean, I get the concept. But just everything in that movie felt real natural. Right. And their, and their interactions and their and the, the way they talked, it felt real, real natural and real smooth. And then that got to that part. And I'm like. Ooh, that didn't feel, you know, that, I, I mean. <laughs> that felt a little other than genuine. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was about it. It just, it, and I hear I'm thinking there's this young, this young priest, right, who's never probably been very much out of his, his little local church in his, you know, town or village or whatever. And here he is all of a sudden, he's, he's meeting the Pope. <laughs> and he's meeting this, and here he is in this private secured part of the Vatican and seeing things that very few people have ever seen or whatever else. And he's not losing his shit. I mean, come on. I'm like, he was too, I know what he saw a lot of already what happened. And, and, but I'm still, you think he would just be like, Oh crap. Where are, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think, you know, obviously I don't know, you know, how they, how they do things in, in the Vatican, but I think you'd probably be a little more awestruck. <laughs> you would think, but I do get that. I think they they try to take that that character, the young priest, from the beginning of the movie to the end, and and they try to they try to grizzle him a lot, right? From yeah. this young, innocent, uh, 
damaged priest who had this thing to who 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 obviously loved God and obviously loved his work and everything else and was very devout to that and, and very dedicated to that. Maybe not so devout, but he was dedicated to that. But by the end, he was like full full blown. Okay, now I've seen shit, and now I'm now I get it, right? I, right. I, I made the right choice. There is there is a bigger fight, and I get that. But it's just I don't know. It's just at the end, he was way too common. That I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. Again, it's, it's I don't know. I don't know how I would have. I don't know. It's almost like I would have dropped the entire last bit after they met the Pope and, and saw that the the one guy was kind of running things now on the you know the council thing and. I think it just would have kind of left it at that, maybe. Yeah, I, I think that they could have comfortably ended there. Like I said, leave out the little buddy cop portion of the movie. Um, and I, I think it probably would have been just fine. I, I don't think that you're really missing much. You definitely could have set up sequel movies. Because, honestly, I kind of feel like they're alluding to that that other, like, uh, Vatican, like, higher up. That was, like, kind of, like, growing Father Gabriel in the beginning. Yeah. I think guy. they're yeah they're I think they're kind of alluding to that he took a leave of absence to Guam. I think he got possessed personally. I, yeah. I think that that's how they're going with that is that he got possessed and he's leaving um, because of the possession. And I yeah, think maybe. when he comes back, he's going to be possessed. And I feel like that'll probably be like maybe the next movie or the movie after or something. I don't know. But yeah. you know, I, I definitely feel like they could have set it up in a much different way for like future movies. Um, but you know, it, it, like you said, if a movie, if you were to break a movie into a hundred percent, like a hundred percentages, 95% of the movie was really good. So I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to let that last 5%, you know, bother me too much, but I do agree. It it definitely could have been done differently. (laughs) Yeah. I think it just had established enough. I think we all knew what was happening here, right? There was a lot of, a lot of shit out there still to fight. A lot of demons out there to fight. A lot of stuff going on. These two had bonded and obviously had developed a, a partnership, friendship. I think they were okay. I think we knew. And then leading in the next movie, I think we would have been like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I see what they're doing. They're fighting just doing this together. I think I think we, I think we had that. I just don't think they needed yeah. to, I don't know, put a hat on a hat. I just think it was a little weird. But uh, that was, that's, I don't know, that's kind of my major qualm about it. But still a very fun movie, uh, very enjoyable movie. I, I really did like it. Uh, like I said, I went early on a Sunday. I don't know if that's sacrilegious or not. <laughs> early on a, a Sunday and watched this movie. And at the beginning, the first few minutes of it, as it started, I was the only one in the theater. And I thought, ooh, this is <laughs> this is going to be something. And then there ended up, I don't know, we there wound up, I don't know, 10, 12 people in their total. after They, they all came in a little late. It was weird. Just like a little group. So I, I didn't end up being the only person. So <laughs> That's that's uh, good. <laughs> I guess. But uh so all right, let's let's rate this thing. I gotta let you rate it first. Uh, so out of five screams, what are you giving uh, the Pope's Exorcist? I think I'm gonna give this a 3.5 out of five. Um, I think the big thing to remember is that I wouldn't quite put this on a four because four is like a really good movie, a movie that like you would put up there. Like, you know, I think I rated Evil Dead a four. I think I rated uh, Terrifier for Skin and Marine for this isn't quite Terrifier level, um, yeah. you know, kind of as a basis of comparison, but it was better than a three. Three is kind of middle of the line. Like I liked it a lot. It was a good movie, but it was just kind of your average horror movie. I don't think this was your this was your average horror movie. I think this one definitely took another step above and beyond. It was very enjoyable. I would go out of my way to rewatch this. So three point five out of five for me. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was a three point five. Uh, that's why I was curious. I wanted to see 
I had 3.5 mine. I wanted to see if you if you were going four with it because I was I, you know I was kind of wondering. And again, I I agree because I 3.5 strong to me. Four to me, there's got to be I don't know. There's got to be something there. I don't know how to not a little. I don't want to say groundbreaking, but something something that sets it apart uh, wholeheartedly. And this while this movie was fun, it was it was a good take on it. It's still a concept that's been done many times before, and they didn't, you know, they didn't rewrite the book. And I understand it, you can't rewrite the book, but there's nothing there that I think pushed it up that high, uh, you know, pushed it up beyond. Uh, but it, like you said, it was definitely a very, very fun movie, very enjoyable movie, and definitely a movie I'll watch again. Uh, definitely a movie that now I'm very much looking forward to seeing where they go with it on the sequel that they're talking about. Um, and it, it's honestly enough that it has intrigued me enough that I'm like, I, I might even at some point in time uh, go to, uh, to, to preserve father Gabe's books and, and, and just take a peek at what they're, what's in those and what those are like. Um, it's, it, it's, it's piqued my interest enough. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah. again, I, I fully enjoyed it. So. Absolutely. I 100%, I 100% agree. I think I'll probably go around at some point and read the, some of those books, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I love to read. But I've got so many books, it's so hard to find time to read. But uh, I, it's one of those things that I, I would like to have, I think, so I can thumb through and just take bits to see see what it was, you know, how it compares. I, I like to do that. I'd like to, to make comparisons from the source material. Uh, so I'd be, I'd be intrigued. And I, obviously, I know there's a lot more in the books that's, you know, what not told in this movie. So I'd like to see what else is out there. So there you have it. Pope's Exodus, three and a half out of five screams from uh, your listen to their screams ghouls. Uh, fun movie. Go see it uh, or purchase it or rent it on video on demand or do both, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, highly recommend you do it. Next episode, we are uh, there's nothing really new for us to do. Or the next two episodes, there's really nothing new, no new releases for us that we're, we're going to review. So we're doing a couple of classics that have anniversaries coming up. And we're starting next episode with reviewing Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Because on May 13th of this year, uh, this movie will celebrate its 35th anniversary. So that's what we're going to watch and talk about um, next week. I'm excited. I always like to dive into a Friday. And then we'll go ahead and say it the week after, though. I'm Just oh, bestie bar the, door, or bar the door because it's going to be fun because the, the next episode, two episodes out, we're doing Killer Clowns from Outer Space because it's the 35th anniversary of that. And holy shit, one of my favorite movies of all time. I cannot wait to talk <laughs> Killer Clowns. I, I that that episode, I forewarn you, it may go like four hours. I just <laughs> I may do a dramatic retelling of the entire movie. Who knows? But I, I can't wait for that. But anyway, next week first, Friday, part seven, New Blood. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's a fun movie to watch. Uh, one I've seen it. Whew, I don't even know how many times, but I'll watch it again because I love it. Too many times to count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll be fun to look at it with impartial eyes and, and actually critique and give it a review. And I'm sure there'll be lots of uh, lots of fun facts to pull out about it. And when you get these older movies, there's always a lot of fun facts to pull out. So, But that puts a bow on it, Ike. Before we get out of here this week, anything else you want to throw out there and say? You know, um, I, I can't think of anything quippy to say, so I'll just say cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I've gone around this entire week, so I was just seeing that just walk around and go cuckoo. And I do the little hand motion he did. I don't know what that was. <laughs> if it was like a bird thing. It was, it was fun. Uh, but so, uh, yeah, so uh, all I have to do is, uh, you know, follow along with the Winchester Brothers of Supernatural. Get an anti-possession tattoo so that a demon does not possess you. <laughs> I don't know. No guarantees that works, but hell, what do you got to lose? That's right. Uh, 
if nothing else, you're paying homage to a couple of hot guys in a great TV show. So what the fuck? It's, it's good enough. So, but until next episode, where we're going to talk Friday the 13th, part seven, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you follow us on all the social media outlets that was discussed earlier. And until next week, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>